Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 58 of the Alt Left. I am your host, Chris. With me, as typical, is the good Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everyone. Matthew Jumbo Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And as per promised on Twitter, we did run out and kidnap the listener with the most likes on our Twitter, and that is Staffy is here as Eric. Thank you for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, I'm real happy to be here. Yeah, dude, it's been. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm really glad your name's the one that came out of the hat. You've been, God, I think you, you've been here since damn near day one. I think you're one of our longest listeners. It's like you and my mommy. Absolutely. Um. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty much him and the, and the North Carolina peeps were like yeah. the OGs. Like the and OGs, then we got yeah. Jersey Jess who came in later, um, Caitlin too, but like. Yes, Stuffy's the one of the originals. But yeah, you've been here since like day one, so I was pumped about it. And uh, you know, again, you got to pick the topic, and you decided to talk about transitioning, uh, you know, right to left or vice versa if you want, but transitioning political viewpoints uh, from one far side to the other. I think it's a damn cool topic. So before we do it, give us give us a brief background on who you are and what that journey was, man. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think some of you who listen may have seen me on Twitter pop up in their mentions sometimes or pop up in their comments. Once and, or twice. Uh, yeah. And so I hail all the way from the Midwest, from the Mitten State. I am from Michigan. Um, <laughs> and to show you where at in Michigan I'm from, you can pull out your handy dandy Michigan map. All right. So, it, <laughs> yeah, so if you're, yeah, listen, where if you're listening, is it, yep. is it the right hand or the left hand? I can never remember. It's the left hand. Left hand. Okay. Palm, got it. Palm facing out. I'm the pinky knuckle. That's where I am. Got it. So okay. I'm all, all the way in the West. So following them since got oh, like damn near the beginning. I think episode two. I think you guys had episode two up when I found you. Ooh, back in the rough days. Oh yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> those were those were dark times, my friend. <laughs> we had no idea what the hell we were doing. Yeah, honestly, I, if anybody listens I mean, to us we before still episode don't. fifteen, like just don't. <laughs> yeah, I I will say if you listen to some of the older episodes. It's kind of cool to see how you guys progress and sort of like find your rhythm with everything. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. really cool to kind of be on that that trip with you guys. Well, thanks. Yeah, I saw you guys comment. It was either on one of AOC's tweets or or a Ted Cruz's where you were shit talking him, uh, which you haven't <laughs> done in a while. I might add. If it was shit talking Ted Cruz, it was Matt. You you didn't you didn't check today, man. I just <laughs> oh, blasted him today. Oh, okay. <laughs> So I sent out a tweet saying, so it looks like there's going to be some cold weather in Texas. Hey, Ted Cruz. And I added him. You, you flying to Cancun yet? Oh. So, yeah. Man. yeah Fuck if, Ted if, Cruz. If, if it's dragging Ted Cruz, it's probably Matt. If it's dragging the DSA or Biden, it's probably me. And if it's those Matt are, Gates, it's usually both of us. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's Matt, Gates. Matt Gates. Yeah, Republican pedophile Matt Gates. That Matt Gates. Yeah, so all you got to do is stalk any of, you know, stalk any of those politicians, any of those pages – and um, yeah, I saw this at Alt Left Pod, just shit talking Ted Cruz. Or I believe that's what it was. And I clicked on the profile and I thought, oh, these guys look pretty cool. They had like the old Mega Man eight bit profile picture. And yep. um, yeah, I decided to give it a listen, and pretty much been hooked ever since. So it's been a great ride uh, being with you guys. Well, thank you, man. It, it's super important to us to have listeners like you. So thank you. Yeah, it's been fun yeah. going back and forth with you online. 
uh, since day one. So, so tell us about you, man. Like where, where do you come from and uh, how did you, how did you make that journey from, from right to left? All right. Well, so we'll start with, uh, you know, I was born in the log cabin in the woods, you know, no, but no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> As so, one does. Right. So I was actually born up in, in, in West Michigan. Uh, but my grandpa's side of the family is all from Arkansas. They're from Northeast Arkansas. They are right where, um, Arkansas, Missouri, and Tennessee all kind of connect in that little tri-state area. I was just on the Arkansas side of the river. So I moved down there when I was four years old, and I kind of grew up in your typical Pentecostal Southern Baptist area. Oh, that is a rough place to grow up, man. It, it's even rougher when you go back. <laughs> and, uh, oh, God. <laughs> I lived there for 20 years. I moved back up to Michigan to go to school, but when I lived down there, the predominant, I, I want to say school of thought, not really a school of thought or lack of thought. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> There's a lot of Southern Baptist, ultra right-wing conservatives. When we first moved down to Arkansas, we actually lived down the street from a grand wizard, the KKK. Oh, nice. Whoa. That's what I call a target-rich environment. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. For, yeah. For those of you who don't know, it's uh, Harrison, Arkansas. It is one of the it's considered like the white supremacist capital in the U.S. There's tons of sovereign citizens, neo-Nazis, Aryan Brotherhood, KK, anything not necessarily around all of that. But I grew up kind of being adjacent to it. Right. So I used to work at a Best Buy and seeing somebody come in with a swastika tattoo or an SS lightning bolt wasn't super uncommon. You would just see that out there and people just kind of roll with it. Growing up, uh, I, I grew up uh, Pentecostal, but it was like this weird new agey Pentecostal, uh, <laughs> how they described it anyway. Yeah, I saw the confused look. How on does your that face. work? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, well, it's um, it, it, the, the Holy Spirit comes to you via quantum technology, uh, much like our today's sponsor of Dr. K's Quantum Massage. <laughs> right. Uh, we are still oh. running that special. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You get. You get Two quantum massages for the price of two. And if you put in uh, code Staffy, uh, you will get two Jesus crackers as well. Yes. Well, we'll <laughs> we will send those to you. So anyway, tell us more about the clan, buddy. The wine sold. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not free. They don't give that away. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I grew up uh, kind of in a heavy Pentecostal area, which is weird because Southern Baptist was the main strain of christianity down there i was in this little pentecost pocket down there uh-huh. and like uh-huh. i said it was the new ag pentecost and what that means is it's even better than quantum massages you got to show your elbows and women could wear pants Ooh, so wow. so so I, uh, yes. you can Ooh, you can flash absolutely. elbows and ankles while you're speaking in tongues and handling snakes and drinking poison oh, right oh my god oh my god dude the speaking in tongues thing I'm, I'm glad you said that because so I hear a story coming. Have, have, have any of you seen the documentary? It's either Jesus Camp or Friends of God. Friends of God is on HBO. No, I haven't. That sounds familiar to me. How long ago did it come out? Friends of God came out in 2007. Jesus Camp was 2004. And I think Friends of God was 2007. I was so, going to say, that's, that's getting close to to my, uh, my atheistic coming out. Uh, time so like I I that sounds familiar I probably have seen them I don't know but now there's some required viewing <laughs> uh, I'm I'm telling you it's to get the full 
full Arkansas Pentecost experience, you can just go watch I'm Friends good. of God. <laughs> Are you sure? No. <laughs> so yeah, you can go um, on HBO. It's uh, Friends of God. It's an old documentary they have. And you can kind of get a glimpse of what uh, church services are like in kind of new agey Pentecostal churches. Just as insane as like back in the old Quaker days, uh, you can just wear pants now. Like that's pretty much the only difference. So what you'd said earlier um, about the speaking in tongues, that reminds me of um, I was at a summer camp one time. And the preachers out there, it's kind of like an auditorium style theater, I guess. So the preacher's down there on stage. He's hollering. He's running around. He's doing all this stuff. He's making a big show and a spectacle. And keep in mind, I'm like eight years old. So I'm like eight, nine, ten-year-olds up here. And he said, when I count to three, you're all going to start speaking in tongues. And the Holy Spirit's going to infect all of you. You know, all that fun stuff. So, so he counts down to ten. And I have a friend who's next to me who used to be hardcore in a church. He's absolutely not now. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> used to be deep into it. The guy like counts down from 10, you know, 10, nine, eight, seven. He gets to three, two, my friend breaks down, loses his shit and just starts sobbing. And I look over and I go, are you okay? And he just starts making all these incoherent noises and ramblings, like speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. And like he just keeps doing people do. Right. Exactly. And, (laughs) and he, uh, he keeps making, he just keeps going on and on and on and on. And the pastor's down there the whole time saying, you're going to speak in tongues now, feel the word of God or, or whatever. And I'm sitting down there and I'm like, I don't, I don't feel anything. Like, I don't like, is this, <laughs> is this supposed to be a voice in my head? Is it supposed to, it like, am I supposed to like, someone's supposed to tell me? Like, is it like a game of telephone where we do that? No, but I just sat there in complete stunned silence as these other eight-year-olds are just throwing themselves in the ground, gibbering. And that's a typical thing that you'll actually find. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. That, that level of group coercion is common amongst all religions. Uh, it's common amongst anything where you're trying to present a group thing. I mean, there's not much of a difference of that as, as Hillary guffawing over the balloons dropping at the DNC rally. If you were trying to get a group of zombies, this is the kind of shit you do, is you set up an expectation of behavior and then you enforce it through peer pressure. I got to, I have a similar story. Uh, again, like we said, off hours, I, I myself am a recovering Christian. And, you know, I was I was unlike Matt, who, you know, started out a faith journey and then was like, nope, this ain't for me and moved on. Uh, I recognized I was an atheist when I was very young. And then in my 20s, uh, tripped and fell into a big old puddle of God, just went in hardcore because I was, you know, I was an atheist. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, God has revealed himself. It is real. Like, because, again, you know, you find new information. But can you imagine if literally someone showed up tomorrow with actual evidence that the sky is red? You'd be like, holy fuck, I should tell people this shit. You know, I'll, I'll, you'd get into it. And so I did. I got into it. It only lasted two years before I was like, this is this is trash. Like I, the, part of it was reading the Bible. Um, but, um, <laughs> no, no faster way to atheism than reading the Bible. Yep. 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 I read it back and forth like five yep. times. Every time I was like, I'm going to read the Bible again because I'm getting this wrong. I'm getting this wrong. There's no fucking way. Cause this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, it is total fucking insanity. It, no Lovecraft writing can match the Bible, but <laughs> beyond that, 
you know, a lot of American Protestant churches. I don't know if you had this experience in your like Pentecostal one because it's a little too, but the the usually more liberal churches where people you know are Christian because it's social lubrication. Yeah, they tend to run a course for newer converts, and they call it Alpha. And it's this big thing a lot of Protestant churches do. And it's they, they, they bill it to you as this is Christianity 101. And what they do is they get you to come in once a week and they feed you a meal. And then they sit you in a church pew and you hear a speech and listen to propaganda for about an hour and a half. Once a week for like 12 weeks straight. And at the very end of it, they have they just tell you it's going to be the Holy Spirit weekend. And you're like, all right, well, yeah, I can, sure. But all right, I'm whatever like sure red doors and we're all gonna you know i don't know cure cancer i don't know fine sure i'm in whatever let's, let's eat some chicken let's find out and i went and i was with a, a good friend of mine who was boy he was my friend was a very staunch hardcore weeping at the cross believer i remember being paired up with him because he was my buddy and so they just paired us up and we're like why are we getting into pairs and we were literally told to let the Holy Spirit move through us so we could weep. And, and I was like, are, are they just expecting us all to just through no provocation to, to burst out in emotion and tears? And as I'm pondering this, he explodes like a water balloon of religious grief. <laughs> and everyone in the room starts doing it. And like, I remember literally the priest looked at me and he was like, how are you doing? And I was just like. Uh, oh, oh yeah, I'm super feeling is he? I, I wish I, I wish I was more independent <laughs> like you. Or I could have been like, this is stupid shit. That took me like another year and a half to go. This is dumb. And again, I was like, oh yeah, I thought I thought something was wrong with me. I was just like, uh, clearly I am not feeling this. So I was just like, oh yeah, this is, woo, oh yeah, I was just, this is just this this was moving and great and what a great experience and just I am changed forever. So I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and but I, I came back to church like I was I was hooked already. But it's that it was this weird thing where they counted on that human need to not want to rock that boat to 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 join that conformity enough so that literally one nut job bursting into tears will signify an entire room to feign some kind of religious. And I don't even want to say feign because I truly believe they felt something because that's how psychology works religions will utilize that fact and that that what's the word i'm looking for that artifact of psychology to 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 force you to feel something you naturally wouldn't based on social cohesion and and that's what your story like that's my that reminded me exactly of your story is pentecostals do something very similar whereas they get the crowd revved up and they kind of make you feel like if you're not feeling the holy spirit what's wrong with you brother right yeah yeah, I mean that's that's exactly it. The, the when you were explaining that you necessarily aren't feeling that spirit. Well, maybe you're not a good conduit. Maybe there's something you know something's up with you. Something's maybe something's you've up. sinned. Maybe uh, maybe the evil one. Maybe has God isn't in you. presenting himself to you because you're a sinner. It's because you like touched the devil's yourself. work to me. Yeah, I mean that's that's how it it's was. indoctrination at its worst, and they do it because they can. Because otherwise, people wouldn't be 
pulled into these things without that kind of indoctrination. I'm about worst. Have you seen Scientology? Holy shit, they hook you up to a Campbell's Soup lie detector and find out it's if you're gay. It's the same shit, though. <laughs> it's it, they just hooking you up to a thing versus getting you all hyped up and telling you that you're going to speak in tongues. That's true. It, it's just indoctrination plus blackmail. I guess that's the only difference. It's, yeah. it, well, it's emotional manipulation is what it is. They, yeah. yeah, it's, they, it, it's it, the it, same thing. And, and you get the physical bit too. Like I've got a story about this as well. Like, I mean, this is before like even really, this is when I was a little kid, but there's a school close to where I live. These guys know about it, but there's a school out here. It's a private school called Faith Baptist. Oh Baptist boy. I, I went there and it's run by this cult family of fuckwads called, fuckwads called the Rasmussens. Um, I hope all of them die and burn in hell because they're evil fucks and I hope they just die and rot. Hell isn't real, brother. Yeah, but so I've got two <laughs> stories that I can that I, that I to this day remember. This happened when I was like a little kid, like I want to say first grade around. I had this teacher named Mister Kim. I had this girl that was poking at me and bothering me, and I told her to shut up. And it just so happened I was so distracted with her, I didn't see him coming around. He heard me tell her to shut up, said I was being disrespectful, made me march up to the class, told the girl to go ahead and slap me in front of the entire class across the face, and she did. Nice. Later on, this was the beginning of the year. Later on, that by the way, his name was Mr. Kim, and I don't think Mr. Kim will ever hear this. But if he does, fuck you, Mr. Kim, because you're a piece of shit too. But Mr. Well, Kim had to go. He eventually, been dead, is that yeah. <laughs> that, what is this podcast for? If not that, right? <laughs> uh, but anyway, later on in the year, Mr. Kim had to leave, and we got a substitute. The substitute was one of the younger Rasmussens, and she was a big old piece of shit twat too. And so she told the class in one of her many like weird culty speeches that um, Barney songs were witchcraft enchantments and that if we listened or watched to Barney, we would be going to hell for all eternity and burn in a lake of fire. Hang on. I'm going to YouTube some Barney. That sounds fucking based. Yeah. Well, I, I think if you watch some Barney, you probably should burn in hell. Yeah, I think yeah. you're already there. <laughs> <laughs> right? oh, but, but again God. like this is something that a, a grown-ass adult is telling to a classroom full of fucking seven-year-olds like it is the most but it's emotional like you tell you stuff to scare you and degrade you into following them well i tell you that um, you need to be saved and cleansed you know that's another big mm -hmm. part of it is that they they establish a need to be quote-unquote saved and then immediately transfer to letting you know that by the way we are your conduit for that salvation and then and, and you're right about that i know that place i in high school i was desperately trying to sleep with a girl who went there for church and i got dragged to a church service and it was <laughs> yeah. fucking terrifying like the sermon was just why you're going to hell and there's nothing you can do about it and by the way would you like to be saved and and by saved it's not like leave us a card and we'll call you and take your money no it was like Come and, and prostrate yourself in front of the altar, in front of the crowd, and weep for the the mercy of God. It was just, it was just, it's so fucking culty and weird, and that's how these these ones are. And so, it, I think places like that are fewer and far between out there. But I know they're really common in the Midwest and the Northwest and the North and, and the North. Much much more common. Yep. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot less diversity in those areas for religion in general, because Baptist is the way, Pentecostal is the way. Wherever you live, you know, there's there's one on every corner. Well, I think people in like LA and New York and Dallas, Texas could look at a movie like Footloose and be like, that's stupid. Anyone from fucking Iowa or some backwoods place in Michigan is like, yep. <laughs> yeah, they just <laughs> don't like understand. 
Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, there's honestly nothing out here. <laughs> there's nothing out yeah. here. There's no people. There's no uh, – where I grew up was like a semi-rural place kind of on the border between Missouri and Arkansas. There's nobody but – 10 or 20,000 people probably, right? Uh, oh, in my neighborhood, uh, where I grew up was about 1,500. Yeah, and it's – boy, it is it – is, it is a lot easier to gaslight and brainwash 1,500 people than it is 15 yeah. million. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Very much so. You know, it's a lot easier for the bastards to rise to the top in a small population. Oh, and they do. <laughs> and they, they rose pretty quick, and they have a chokehold on the place. I mean, you know, I, I'm almost convinced, Chris, that, you know, before we started recording, you correctly guessed my haircut and my age. <laughs> and then you just went on to describe my choke experience. So I'm kind of convinced you've been spying on me this whole time. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's because he loves you. That's, there you go. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that couldn't happen. Uh, get him. Uh, <laughs> go to red. Go to red. Go to red. Move on, boys. Just have my mic cut off. Subject is aware. Cut yeah. contact. Cut the power. Man, if your electricity went out suddenly, that would have been the most epic moment podcasting oh, ever. And, and it happens. Right? It happens sometimes. So, oh, that would have been perfect. But I'm guessing it's real cold where you live, right? Yeah, it's currently uh, – how cold is it? Cold as fuck. That's the degrees. answer. It's 18 degrees. Yeah, that's cold. So, no. <laughs> it's I'll pass. It's, Fahrenheit? It, yeah, it's like there's a there's a snowstorm going on He lives on right in the now. U.S. He uses freedom <laughs> units like the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know they made an 18 Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, our so, I think our low was negative one. I mean, as someone with a Pentecostal background, I would like to implore you that uh, – when 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 the air has frozen and is falling on you and is turning your land into that's a plague of Egypt, bro. That's God telling you to move. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, I like the peace and quiet out here in the country. <laughs> yeah. There's peace and quiet. Use headphones. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm in Southern California. There's no time of year I can't go outside naked for six hours and survive. You, you know, I went to Los it's Angeles. True. <laughs> I, I went to Los Angeles in twenty eighteen in January. That was you could tell I wasn't from there because <laughs> January it's sixty five degrees. I have shorts on, a t shirt. I'm like, this is amazing. Why don't I live here all the time? And every you I was can. On, you <laughs> I, can I could. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was on um, uh, Venice Beach, and I'm walking down Venice Beach, and all these people are in jeans and hoodies and bundled up, and I was like, oh yeah, I stick out. Stick out pretty. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was because it's cold. It was. It was about sixty something today. It was about sixty five degrees today, and yeah, uh, it was. It was chilly today. I, I wore a hoodie and a beanie to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I went to go check the mail. T shirt, sweats, slip on shoes. 18 degrees. I mean, you're just used yeah, to it. But you were out there for like three minutes. Go to out be, there for three hours. I, I wouldn't be there for three minutes. <laughs> to yeah. be fair. Yeah. My, I'm with my, Chris on this. Yeah. My mailbox is kind of far away. So there you go. Oh, good. Yeah. So it's far away and there's snow in between you. Snow and <laughs> ice pass. and Thanks. everything. <laughs> I'll pass. I don't blame you. So anyway, 20 years goes by and uh so, so yeah, you're basically in in red in a sea of red. So you didn't have yeah. a prayer of not being red at least a little bit. No. I see what you did there. No, I mean not not a single chance. Um and I will say one thing I'll touch on too before we kind of jump forward to that 20 year mark. I think I had mentioned it in one of the DMs to you guys at one point, but 
for a very, very brief period of time, uh, I wanted to be a cop. And I was one for like eight weeks. I was one for eight weeks. I got all the training. I got all that. And I can't remember what it was, but one of the driving instructors who taught us like the, the defensive tactics for driving and everything, he made a comment. It was a pretty, obviously I'm not going to repeat it here, but it was a pretty racist comment that he had made about why he likes working the neighborhood he does along with a lot of bad slurs, <laughs> you know? And I looked and I was like, I'm going to be a part of this. I said, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with this. And um, I handed in my resignation that next day. This was around the time, if you guys Google this, uh, it was uh, Chavis Carter, C-H-A-V-I-S Carter. He was a kid that was that had died in Jonesboro, Arkansas, where I lived, allegedly had shot himself in the back of a squad car. Oh, God, I remember him while he was handcuffed, right? Yes. Yeah, and I, I remember this. I was in one of those backroom meetings. Um, with some other newbies that he had there. I remember there being conversations of like, oh, we have to demonstrate how he shot himself. Is there anybody with flexible shoulders that can bend? And I'm like, this is some pretty crooked shit. <laughs> like, I'm not, I, like, I'm not, uh, yeah. I, I don't feel comfortable doing this. And and uh, they didn't ask me to do it. They kind of like looked around the room. They scanned it and said, you know, hey, who's got flexible shoulders? Like, uh, and everybody turns like, their I'm, fucking head. I'm yeah. only physically flexible, not morally. Yeah, and I I remember that being a big defining moment of, I don't want to go down this career path. I don't want anything to do with these people. I don't want anything to do with this, to to do with this department, anything like that. And I bring up the Chavez Carter thing because um, Jesse Jackson actually had come down there and he was leading some marches and doing some protests. There were officers who were assigned to the protest routes who were... I'd say they were refusing. They were wanting to refuse to guard those routes. They were wanting to, you know, leave holes open for it. And they were making, you know, quote unquote jokes about it. But, the, you know, to be real, those weren't, those weren't jokes. Those weren't jokes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the kind of thing I grew up around. And fortunately, I, I wasn't into that. That, that didn't, didn't click with me. And I wanted to get out of that and, and get away from it as far as I could. Um, it actually inspired me to go back to school. Uh, because I love doing the legal stuff. I loved doing the boring, boring paperwork. And that's what my education's in. I have a degree in pre-law, which is like the first year of law school stretched out over four semesters. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so I got a pre-law degree with a minor in criminal justice. You know, I, I kind of went ahead and pursued that career path. I don't work in the legal field at all. I work in finance. <laughs> so uh, that didn't turn out too well. I, was saying, I, I think that like stories like that, or like when you know when when people say a cab and all cops are bastards, everyone goes well except for my my cousin Jim Bob who's the nicest guy and he hugs teddy bears and saves orphans and and it's like okay but it, it's things like that where it's like you don't have to be a racist you don't have to be a murderous piece of shit like to be a cop at all but you have to be complicit in it and. Yeah. You, someone of any kind of decent ethical moral fiber, looked around and were like, "Oh, you're really racist, and you want to murder people." I don't, I don't want to do that. And you left, and that's why there are no good cops because anybody who is gets pushed out. They either they either get kicked out or they get they they quit. Um, or you have to be totally okay with the bullshit that goes on, and you don't have to commit any of it. But if you're okay with it, you suck. 
Yeah. And, and and that's why I'm, it's a job and you don't have to do it. And there is, there are some places that are far worse than others. You know, there are some police departments that are, that are much better. And there's some police departments that are fine. Yeah, Albuquerque PD goes on literally has been caught shooting homeless people for sport. There are places that are worse than others. All in all, they are literally organizations that do nothing but murder and frame innocent black people. And if you choose to see that and participate in it anyway, I don't care how you help yourself sleep at night. It sucks. And I think your story is, again, and it's a story of courage, too. It kind of, you know, you've talked about the Pentecostal. Like this one's like, th- that is an example of independent thought. Question the societies you are in because there is a group think doesn't mean you have to participate in it. You're allowed to leave a social group or a workplace or a religion or anything, whatever it is, even no matter how long you've been there, no matter how much you've invested in it, no matter how much you feel like a fraud for having, well, man, I devoted three years of my life to this thing and I'm super into it. Or, oh, you know, I, I've given $50,000 to Scientology and they know I'm, they know I'm a homo. It doesn't matter what they've got or what's going on. Like, you can leave any time. And I think organizations like religions, police departments, that kind of thing, they kind of thrive on that. You can't go. You lose too much. Well, and they almost create that situation too, right? Like they, they the, a lot of these cops don't have college educations. They don't and, – and many, many cops – and I'm not saying all cops, but I am saying many cops – are not really capable of having any other job. A lot of these guys are jockey dude bros that were bullies in high school, realized that they they couldn't make anything work after high school and was like, oh, I could go do this and get paid? Sweet. And then the police unions are so strong that their benefits, they, there's no way most of these guys can quit their job and get the same kind of living that they've, they've gotten oh, um, as a police no officer. Way. Yeah. It, You're not going to get that, it, that salary and that benefits package with a, with a yeah. solid C high school education. Yeah. So, so a decade ago, how long was the training course? Eight weeks. To become Eight a weeks. police officer? Eight, Eight weeks. weeks. Eight weeks. Eight whole weeks. And that was 40 hour, 40 hour weeks, right? That was eight to five, Monday to Friday, legal training, driving, shooting, hand-to-hand, all that stuff. So it, it takes longer to become an EMT in some states than it does to become a police officer. Yes, that is true. Yep. Like, it, that to me is the absolute insanity of what it is to be a police officer in this country. Dude, LAPD and New York PD both have some of the most rigorous training programs, and they're like 12 weeks I know, but that's my point is that (laughs) I'm saying that like eight weeks, that's all it takes to become a police officer. That's all it takes to be allowed to have a gun and have, you know, a modicum amount of authority over other people and to police. That's all it takes is eight weeks worth of quote unquote training. Yep. And to put that into some perspective, like I to get my phlebotomy license. And for those that don't know, that's those are the people that draw your blood when you go to the hospital. It we took a year. Vampires. Yeah, those two. It took a year. I had to go to school for a year just to be allowed to t- stick a small needle in someone's vein and draw a very tiny amount of blood. That's invasive. I'm not going to like, however you want to say it, that's an invasive procedure. Um, Just think how much cops are, how much power they're given over people's bodies. Yeah. That's and 12 weeks is all they, they can muster for training. Like, like it blows me away. Yeah, and here to, to kind of add up to this like whole fucked up sandwich we have, that's just the people who make it through the initial screening. Imagine what gets screened out. I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I know a couple of people who oh, yeah, failed the, that screening, and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm really glad they did. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, thank God. 
because you'd have made a horrible cough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but I, I actually I actually have known of a couple people uh, who tried and failed, and uh, boy was I grateful for that. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'll never because man, if you can't if you can't even get if you can't even pass your test to get on the murder brigade. One thing I will never forget having to do the mile and a half run, and the guy who showed up two minutes late, work boots and jeans, and ran the whole thing. <laughs> Kudos to that guy. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know where he's at right now, but uh, hey. I know, he's probably fucking gone somewhere. <laughs> I was going to say, he's probably sitting in a squad car someplace. Oh, probably. Yeah, probably. I've seen some of the people they filter out. I was friends with some of them. I went to high school with some of them. Because again, it's a small town. It's a small area. Just to give you an example, a question, one of the tests. From like point A to point B, if it's one mile, if you go from A to B to B to A, how many miles did you travel? Like that. 17. Zero. There were. <laughs> technically, technically, that should be a correct answer. <laughs> yeah, technically. But yes, yeah, someone couldn't yeah, count there, to two. Yeah, there were. <laughs> I was in a test room. I was in a test room of 78 people. 25 passed. Jesus. That. Th- that <laughs> you. They not you don't even have two brain cells to rub together if you can't answer that fucking question correctly. Hey, maybe you should shut the fuck up and back the blue, buddy. <laughs> fuck just, the blue. Just, just because I knew I knew how to use a ruler and could count. <laughs> yeah, right. You'd have made lieutenant quick. <laughs> so, oh, I do yeah. have one quick question because you grew up in this. So yeah. you've gone so you started right, you moved left, and we're, I know we're getting there, but I, yeah. I'm just curious. How much pressure do you get in an environment like that to conform and to not think outside the box? Like, is there, is it like if people see you just starting to veer a little left, do they instantly just be like, no, 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 and just kind of like peer pressure, peer pressure, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, or the red alarm goes off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you talking about um, necessarily the department I worked at or just kind of like the town and culture as a whole? Town and culture as a whole is what I'm talking about. Okay. There's a there's a seismograph on Reagan's grave, and if it tumbles too much, they know something's <laughs> right. wrong with him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess the culture as a whole, I would say that there is some good peer pressure there to fall in line. This is what you have to believe. This is what's right. Jesus loves guns. This is it right now. If you deviate from that, then it kind of goes hand in hand with that Pentecostal thing of like wanting to conform. Because if you're not conforming at your place of work, at school— if you're starting to lean a little bit left that way, word will get to your church. Word gets to the pastor, the deacons. Word will get to them. And you start to get ostracized there. And I saw it happen to one guy, and it looked like it destroyed his life. Hell, I imagine you get side-eyed at the grocery at the market, you know? like Yeah, I mean, and it's it's insane. But yeah, I would say the, the pressure is pretty intense. Now, I have a lot of left-leaning friends who are still in Arkansas. I have some who range from liberals all the way to communists. I mean, I've got, I runs the gamut of left-leaning people who are still in Arkansas and a lot of them do feel like it's kind of trapped, but they don't want to move because they want to turn that area blue and and bless their hearts. I hope they do it. (laughs) They can't gerrymandering's real. Yeah. They did get a medical marijuana. So like 45 states would be blue if it wasn't for gerrymandering. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I mean, the, the peer pressure's there. You can feel it. Like, you can kind of feel tension um, if you start having any sort of ideations that are left-leaning. Mine, in particular, was actually the death penalty, surprisingly. So I used to be – shocker, you know, everybody brace yourselves. I used to be very for the death penalty. 
So, oh, actually, so did I. Yeah, you're actually. Yeah, yeah. You're, we'll get into it more, but like that's, there, that's there are uncommon. some. We've all had uh, certain things where we've had to evolve on because it, we thought a certain way, and then we're like, oh, hey, we got new information. Maybe that's not a good idea. Um, yeah, it, and kind of what changed it is, I don't remember what it was. There was some somebody in Arkansas who's on death row. Um, Innocence Project later exonerated him posthumously. So a lot of fucking good that does. But yeah, right. you know, he's like, he's already dead. And I remember thinking, I'm like, wait, hold Get on. Well we're soon. It. Yeah. <laughs> to send, send flowers to the family. Thoughts and prayers. Don't worry. <laughs> and you think about it and I was like, well, hold on. You know, if, if we're not a hundred percent on this, maybe we should pump the brakes. Maybe we should like really reel this back. And, and that was the first time I started ticking left a little bit. And even just having that thought, that like idea spark in your head, you'd have people, they always make the same argument. What about the pedophiles? What about the rapists? What about this? And you say, <laughs> yeah, well, what about what, them? Like, what about them? And so, you know, I'm kind of to the point now where I don't, I don't like the idea of the state having the authority to kill its citizens. I just yep. don't, regardless of who it is. I don't like the idea because it can be wielded by someone like Trump, you know, someone who can, I would say theoretically start executing political dissidents, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, that's legit. So. That's a thing that happens all the time around the world. Yeah, no, I completely agree. There is there's no – historically, there's no way that death penalty has ever – A, but I mean, first of all, criminal punishment is not a deterrent for crime, number one. Uh, prison, let alone death penalties, don't deter crime. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, like besides just not deterring crime – there's never been a time in American history where the death penalty has ever been applied equitably at all. And so you have a system that, A, doesn't even accomplish what its goal is or what its stated goal is, because it does accomplish what its real goal is. But it doesn't accomplish its stated goal in its application is completely racist uh, and classist. You know, you do not find rich white men getting the death penalty very often. Yeah. No, no. no. You, you, look, you look on death row down there and it's it's, it's pretty dark on death row. Yeah, it's like individuals of a certain complexion. That's it. Yeah. No, it was like, that's just statistics. Prison is mostly black. Death row is almost exclusively black. Yeah. And what mm -hmm. is not black is mostly brown. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah. So. Yeah, there there are very few uh, Norwegians on death row. Yeah. The Dutch don't have a big population there. So back to the journey of, of, of moving left. So you've, you've now given up your your i assume dream of becoming a police officer because your moral <laughs> yeah. compass says that that this is fucking wrong so what's the next step yeah so so after i left there um that was my that was my dream you know that's what i wanted to do ever since i was little i quit i left it wasn't what i thought it what i thought it was and so i'm like okay well, what do i do now so i did the next logical step and that's to work at best buy so I worked at a Best Buy sure. for, for a year, uh, way more ethical of a job than, you know, what I previously had. And I did that for a year and I thought to myself, you know, what? I want to go back to school. I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to go study criminal law, constitutional law, all that fun stuff. My parents had already moved back to Michigan for a job for my stepdad. He got offered a job, uh, like a once in a lifetime thing that he just couldn't pass up. He moves up here back to Grand Rapids. And I'm still down in Arkansas. And this was in 2013. Uh, I was married at the time. And I told my my then wife, I was like, hey, let's just go move up to Michigan. There's a lot of educational opportunities up there. 
Because unless you want to be a soybean farmer or get a degree in radio or journalism, there's nothing for you in Jonesboro, Arkansas. But I will say, uh, the guy who voices Squidward, he came from Jonesboro. So they do have that. Hey, they have, so something they have good happened. <laughs> they do yeah. have Squidward. And the first female senator, too, Hattie Carraway. Fair enough. So there you go. The two good things. So I get up here, and um, I go to a, to a school called Grand, uh, Grand Valley State University. It is based out of here in West Michigan. They have two campuses kind of all over the county. I get in there, and I meet my advisor. And you know, I'll, I'll say her name. Maybe on the off chance she does hear this. You know, Professor Mullendor, she was my advisor. I had her for the entire time I was there. One of the greatest teachers that I ever had. She had actually been an attorney for 45 years, 45 plus years. And so wow. she was a professor there. Uh, she's a tenured professor. You know, I, I'd always heard these scare tactics when I was growing up of if you go to college, you're going to be more liberal. They're going to indoctrinate you with all this, you know, this and that. It was none of that. All she did was uh, we went over different, I forget what the topic was, but it, it kind of blended into belief systems. She said, uh, you know, whatever it is you believe, whatever it is you're thinking, she goes, really think about it. Like, really think about it and think why you think that. Why did you think that? Is there evidence to support why you believe what you believe? And it was just that little bit of challenging and that little bit of pushing. And thankfully, I was receptive to it. You know, oftentimes people aren't. I was receptive to it. And I actually sat down and I thought long and hard about every little thing that I thought growing up. That I thought, you know, since I had joined that police department, since I had learned in the church and everything, and I did have an identity crisis, you know, and and it will happen if there's people listening who kind of go through those identity crises. There, there is light at the end of the tunnel. It does end. Um, I remember on a, on a past episode, I think someone had written in saying they were kind of struggling, not with the religion part, but more of the going from right to left type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's okay to to question what you believe. I mean, it's okay to even look at it. Even if you have a left-leaning opinion, look at it again. You know, it, yeah. it'll only make Beyond make it okay, stronger. it's good. Yeah. That's an, that, yeah. that's a good thing. You, you, there should be no sacred cows. Uh, if you believe in an ideology, it should be able to stand to scrutiny. You know, in fact, one of my favorite quotes of all time is from Carl Sagan. And he said, if it can be destroyed by the truth, it deserves to be destroyed by the truth. And I always, I like that. I like that a lot. And yeah, left or right, you know, because again, there's things I used to believe as a leftist. You know, when I first got into communism, I read a whole bunch of theory and since then have thrown out some of those things because they haven't stood up to scrutiny in education. Some things are wrong, whether they're left or they're right. But I agree with you. I think not even it's that it's okay. I think it's like we, that should be encouraged at all times. Always examine yourself. And no matter how old you are or where you are in life, you should be 90 years old and have been examining yourself for as long as possible. And then do it again at 91. No, that's the truth. And if you can, you know, for anybody who's afraid of changing and, and taking back things they've said, if you know, I've said this also, if you can't, if you don't cringe when you look back on some things you've said and done, you haven't evolved. You haven't grown. Yeah. Oh, that's Absolutely. all my, my Facebook memories. It's all it is. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And that's, that's a all good it thing. Is. You could, like, man, tw- like I look back at what I said 10 years ago and that was, that was kind of shitty and ableist or that was, that was inherently sexist. And that was shit. It's like, yeah, the, good, good. That, yeah. that, that feeling you have of ew, that's good. That has, that means you've grown and don't stop. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it, you know, all it took was kind of her 
pushing a lot of those beliefs, challenging them and having that identity crisis because that growth is going to be painful. It's going to suck some days, but you know, it, it's only going to make you a better person out of it. You know, it's a common thing on the right to say that colleges indoctrinate and school indoctrinates. And, and it's it's a lie. And I don't even think most of them believe that. I think they know the truth is simple. Education, being exposed to different ideas, realizing the truth of the world, that's what brings people left. I think that's the reason why I've gone from liberal to democratic socialists slash socialists why k's gone from like liberal to progressive why chris has gone from i think chris has had the biggest journey because he went from a single issue voter who voted for bush to full-blown card-carrying communists man well first um, of all you just outed how old i am but yes the, the very first election <laughs> i uh the, the very the very first election i ever participated in uh was was w and I was, I was a single issue voter. Um, but I gotta say like, even that it's like, that that's a cop out because don't get me wrong. That was the issue. Uh, the assault weapons ban wasn't that old and I was really upset about it. You know, I'm a, I'm a very pro gun guy and I was pro gun when I was much farther to the right and I'm pro gun now that I'm super far left. It's pretty much never been a time where I haven't thought guns were awesome. Well, yeah, if you go far enough left, you get your gun back, guns yeah, back, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> Being armed is a leftist trait. Um, but anyway, like, that was that was basically what I led my charge on. But the fact that I was able to be a single issue voter and say, like, well, I'm just pissed that, they, you know, that the assault weapons ban is stupid and I'm voting Republican because they're going to not tread on that and blah, blah, blah. But it's kind of like, it's like a saying that people have said for a while, you know, that voting for Donald Trump doesn't mean you're a racist, but it sure as fuck means that's not a deal breaker. And it's the same kind of thing, like the fact that I was willing to be a single issue voter for him means that the rest of the bullshit wasn't um, a deal breaker. And granted the Republican party is far more off the rails now than they were back then. Back then they were a bunch of idiot, you know, super fucking crazy Christians. And that was about it. You know, they were like, Oh, abortion sucks. And we love Jesus and blah, blah, blah. But the Republican party then was kind of like the Democrats now with just add on some religious religiosity onto it. Yeah. yeah, they hadn't gone completely off the rails. They were still shitty, but they weren't like turbo fascists like they are now. But I, I was able to do that. I stomached that and I did it. And it wasn't until then and the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, 9-11 happened and I was really I was young. You know, 9-11 happened. I, I still hadn't really found my political, you know, what I, I, had, I didn't have an adult political view yet. I was an adult, but I didn't have one yet. I was still young and was still, you know, America's good. And, you know, it happened. I was like, I was with everyone else. I was like, oh, this is terrible. And then I met her like immediately. It was like, we're going to Afghanistan. I was like, that's that 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 seems like a bad idea. That seems yeah, like wait, a stupid wait, idea. We, we shouldn't do that. And then I remember I was I had this job at an appliance repair company and I worked for these crazy Russian dudes who were fucking hilarious. They were great. I loved them. Um, but I worked for these these crazy these crazy old Russian dudes who owned an appliance company, and we the news was on twenty four seven in the office. It's all was on. And I remember watching Bush announce that we're going into Iraq. And everyone was like, Yeah, fucking hell yeah. And I'm just like, this is we're going to go and kill a shit ton of people for no good fucking reason because this guy needs to have a dick measuring contest with his dad. 
you know, and then I didn't realize he was actually having one with Cheney. But the point is that, like, <laughs> that's that was the part that really opened me up. It was literally the post 9-11. It was watching the Patriot Act go through, watching the invasion of Afghanistan, the invasion of Iraq. And I was like, oh, shit, this is terrible. And that's when I started getting active in protest. And I started talking to leftist groups. And I started actually hearing what, like, Marxist theory was. And so I started researching, like, why capitalism might suck. And I, the more I learned, the more I just fell down the hole. And then, you know, you're, and then, you know, by the time I decided to go back to school, I was pretty far left. And I was, God, I, I was working for Greenpeace when I did that. Um, <laughs> I was pretty far left. But once I decided to go back and actually get the history degree, it just, it, it, that's where it really cemented me to be like, all right, well, let's, let's kill some Nazis, you know, it, because education breeds that. And the more you're willing to question and learn again, and you might learn things you disagree with, and that's okay. But if there's a reason why education tends to breed liberalism is conservatives say you're going to get brainwashed, but it's actually quite the opposite. It's you have been brainwashed into this right wing culture and they fear a critical examination of it because they are all about sacred cows. It is all about white Jesus. It is about the American flag. It is about imperialism and it is about capitalism. And if you mm -hmm. look at any of those and why, especially white supremacy and male supremacy. And, and if you look at any of that through a critical lens, it tends not to hold up. And that scares the shit out of a lot of these people. Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. Yeah. And I, I found a lot of them don't like having that conversation. Yeah. I don't like to have that. No, why would they? Because it's uncomfortable, as yeah. you were saying. They've also built up an identity around themselves with this stuff. It's the same way religion becomes a part of who you are. So it's like, in a lot of ways, you can't poke holes in one without attacking them personally. It's like if somebody's truly religious, I used to have this problem all the time. Like when I first came out, when I started really getting into atheism, I was very militant about it. And, and I backed off a little bit now, but even casually mentioning something like not even just attacking someone, just talking about like how the Bible straight up, not only endorses slavery, but outlines how to fucking do it. Mm -hmm. Like just casually mentioning that in conversation will trigger so many Christians because they've built up their entire identity and sense of self around this idea that Jesus is perfect. The Bible is perfect. And, and, the moment that that has a little hole poked in it, it's not just poking in a hole in what they believe. It's poking a hole in who they are as a person yeah, because yeah. that's part of them. And it's the same thing with, 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 with right-wingers. Not to say that the left doesn't do this too. If I found out tomorrow, like that, I don't know. We, we learned that like at two weeks, a, a baby is, you know, uh, uh, two weeks, you know, a baby is fully formed and has thoughts and is a real human. I might have to start rethinking my stance on abortion a little bit. I don't know. Nope. Not uh, that example. Mm, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't. I'm just throwing that out there. But I don't I'm care saying if that is like, baby's composing literature. Women, again, are, women aren't incubators. I agree. Bad example, but we're getting beyond the, oh, yeah. the point I'm making is that my, my self, my sense of identity and who I am isn't wrapped up in my political beliefs. Um, my, my yeah. atheism, like I, I don't, I like, I am an atheist, but again, if God comes down from the heavens and like every, there's like, fucking proof and we start seeing water turn to wine and seas parting and like literal angels trumpeting down I'm, I'm going to be like well fuck I guess I was wrong like you know but it's not going to destroy who is who I am uh, and for a lot of people on the right though I think it does is you can't start poking holes in their in, in their yeah. belief system without them feeling like you're attacking them personally and I think that's part of the reason why you have 
it's impossible to have civil discourse anymore is because that's a big piece of this. It's like we're not just attacking their political beliefs. We're not just saying there's something wrong with religion. We're saying there's something with wrong with, wrong with them as people. Yeah, and when you personally identify with an ethos like that, and again, like don't get me wrong, this is coming from me. We're like I am zealously, uh, you know, my my personal politics do partially define who I am. And so I get that. I get that want to be like, I am this thing, you know, but move on, you know, like that, that's okay. And it's okay to be wrong. I have a cross tattooed on my shoulder. That does not represent who I am at all anymore. And that's okay. Because if you're wrong, just figure that out because then you get to be right afterwards. Like it's this idea that you can't be wrong. And I think Matt kind of hit it on the head is when you build up not even just a self-image because the self-image, but it's also an image of your family and an image of your community. It's like to tear that down, you are literally forcing someone to possibly accept that everything they know and love is wrong. Cognitive dissonance is a painful bitch. And, and that's a lot. It's a big ask. I think it's a good one. Again, like, dude, your journey, your journey, Eric, we're like, I mean, leaving the fucking police force, leaving a Pentecostal religion in a small town, dude, it does not get harder than that. We're not done yet. (laughs) Oh, oh, Oh. shit. Hit me. No, (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're towards, we're getting towards the, the lefty part of it, but we're going to keep going, man. Sorry. You may have seen. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. No, you're good. I, I love uh, I love the rants. So that's why I've listened for over a year. So, <laughs> so I do it a lot. So one of the things that I really wanted to highlight too, it, I guess one of the big, I would say moments in my life, not necessarily just the transformation part of it, was meeting people who you stereotyped, who you were against, and then like that getting thrown right in your face. You know, uh, Michigan has a very big Muslim population, mainly on the east side in Dearborn outside Detroit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there were some that went to school over here and I got to meet some of them. And I'm like, oh, so, you know, Islam and Christianity, it's it's like the same religion, just on a different two, two side, uh, two different sides of the same coin. You know, they were just like me, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I was like, OK, well, I was wrong about them. But the big thing, the big thing that really um, had an impact on me was I worked in this office um, where I worked in accounts receivable. And I worked with a girl, she got hired with me and she said, Hey, my brother got hired on too. He's my twin brother. They're identical twins. And she said, we are just kind of discussing whatever. And she goes, she goes, Oh, by the way, he's trans. And I said, Oh, okay. Like prior to that, I've I've never met anybody who was trans. And like, I didn't really know what to do, what to say. Like my first knee jerk reaction was just like confusion and nervousness. And I didn't know what to do. And she goes, but he's not out yet. He is now. Um, but at the time he wasn't. And I, I don't think he was on any hormones, but I think they had like the, what do they got? Like the breast binding done. Mm-hmm. So he, had, he yeah. had that done and I met him and he was the nicest, chillest guy I'd ever met in my life. We had so much in common. Um, I know it hadn't come up earlier, but I've been involved in martial arts for about 20 years. Uh, the martial arts community, he was super involved mm-hmm. there. Like he wanted to just kind of learn more about it. He was kind of into the, you know, UFC and MMA. Um, and I have friends who are in the UFC currently. And I was like, yeah, let's just come over, you know, let's hang out, let's watch the fights. And, and fast forward a couple of months and it's at a Buffalo wild wings, which I never thought I would have a life changing experience in a <laughs> Buffalo wild wings. 
of all places I had to throw myself before the Buffalo. So we, we get down there and it's, and it's my friend, his name's Liam. So he's, uh, uh, he showed up and we were expecting some more people. They didn't show up. So it's Liam and myself sitting there and we're sitting there having a few drinks. You know, the fights are up on the screen. We're watching those. And he's asking me questions, like some technical questions about this and that. And I'm explaining it. And I forget how we got on the topic, but I said, yeah, you're the first trans person I've ever met. Like I've never met one. Like I've always had the stereotypical, um, usually somebody in drag, like a guy in drag, like that's what someone who's transgender is like. And it was always a very negative connotation. And he looked at me and he goes, really? I said, yeah, that they're not very abundant in our, well, they're not very out. I should say they're not very out where I, where I grew up. He said, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, I, I just, I just, I'm just curious about things. I'll never forget. He took a drink of his beer, took like a big drink of his beer. He sat it down and he goes, ask me anything you want. He said, nothing's off limits. He said, you can ask me anything you want. What do you want to know? And so do I pop the clutch or like, how does it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the answer God. is 42, just so you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. Then we paid our tab and left. No. He, uh, <laughs> I remember the first, the first thing I, I asked, I was like, so how did you know you were trans and not gay? Is like, cause to me, like, like the two weren't separate things where I grew up, they were two similar things. And he's, and he told the story about how, you know, when he was born, he, he knew he didn't, he didn't like men. He always liked women, but identifying as a lesbian just didn't feel right. And then he learned about being transgender. And he said, mm -hmm. he said, that feels right. That feels like what I'm, who I'm supposed to be. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And, um, and he's like, you know, how do you figure out you're straight? How do you know when you're straight? I was like, well, I just kind of know. And he goes, exactly. Uh, you know, I went and asked all the typical, I don't want to say right winger questions, but you know, you're kind of fed a lot of propaganda in regards to that. And it goes immediately so, to genitals, right? Like genitals and sex. Like are those the big ones or? Oh, we're getting there. Um, okay. I, I think <laughs> just, yeah. I think those questions rise out of ignorance though. Right. Like just, and when I say ignorance, like there's a difference between stupidity and ignorance. One is the, the, the inability to comprehend the other is, is simply that you don't know. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and it was simply just not knowing, you know, it being such a taboo thing where I was. And, you know, the first thing I asked about, cause you know, I, I we've all seen those, those dumbass Ben Shapiro videos of like yeah. the pronouns, the, all that, oh my God. all that dumb shit. So, and I was like, so do people get really hung up on that? And he laughed and he goes, no man. He's like, He's like, look, he's like, do I look like a girl to you? And he doesn't. He looks like a like typical guy you find like at a skate shop, like every skater guy, skater boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he looks like a guy and he goes, oh, good girl. I said, not at all. And um, I was like, do some people still call you like she or her? And he said, it's sometimes he goes, but usually what most people do is you just correct them. You say, actually, it's him. Like my name's Liam now. And I was like, oh. Okay, so then we just like move on. He goes, Yeah, you just move on unless you're an asshole. <laughs> He's like, Unless you're going to be an asshole about it. He's like, Just move on. And I was like, Oh my God. And this, sound, this sounds crazy looking back at it, but I looked back and I'm like, Oh God, they're just people. They're just like me. They're just like, like Hold on. They're not some mythical creature we need to demonize and, and you know shun them away from everything i was like he's just like me we're into the same things 
we actually lived a block away from each other and the town we used to live in, but we both since moved out of that town and, you know, we would come and hang out with each other all the time and just chill, drink and whatever. And yeah, to circle back around to the previous point, uh, genitals. So I, I, uh, I asked about that. I said, so I was like, so what do you call like the transitioning? He's like, well, there's top surgery, bottom surgery. He explained all that. And he said, I actually have my top surgery scheduled for X date. I'm going to get that done. He goes, bottom surgery. He goes, I still have some more hoops to jump through first before I could do that. And, um, that's a little more restrictive. Like you have to go through a lot more therapy and things like that, or is it a little bit more with medical side? Like, yeah, he had, he said he had to go, he had to be on uh, testosterone, I think, or Ah, hormones for, for so long, uh, which he did get on, um, in the time that we hung out. And so, which I was very jealous because he could grow a beard and I can't. Um, and as we've said before we started recording, all three of these guys have beards. I don't. If you see it in my profile picture or any picture I have, I don't have a beard. He like I wanted to take his drug so I could get a beard. <laughs> and so he um, don't worry. Eventually, because I couldn't grow up beard. The thing is, I seriously I could not grow facial hair. It was patchy and ugly. And then all of a sudden, like. 32 to 35 like i just stopped i just no i just stopped caring about facial hair and then all of a sudden i could grow a beard it was really weird so there's there's still hope for you is what i'm saying yeah i I was actually the same way i could never grow a mustache all i could grow was a beard like the the my the growing he a had mustache. the chin strap of hell. Yeah, I, I I had all this hair down here, but like just, it was like I, I called it the Frenchman. I just had this weasley little pedo stash. It was disgusting, and yet it was awful, and and it was terrible. I just never had one. All I had was a goatee, and then like I had a surgery, and so I was home for weeks. I just didn't shave, and I had a mustache. I was like, oh shit, I can grow a mustache now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, basically, what we're just really trying to say is that there is hope. I just so have to believe. Just. just just believe, just, just try it out. Just, It'll be okay. Just, but yeah, I, I think, but going back to your buddy, like that's the thing is like what, what your homie did there was uh, he, he, he did just solid. He deprogrammed you because he these did. thoughts you have, these questions like, oh, well, you know, what well, transfers are weird. And this kind of thing. It's like, that was because of the community you were in. It's because that was the information that was given to you. And you had this amazing experience with this person who showed you the correct truth, but it's like, imagine the world we would live in if that societal programming wasn't part of it, where if your first experience of even knowing what trans people are, we're meeting a trans person. Someone's like, Oh, well, when I was born, people thought I was a woman and it turns out I was a man. You'd be like, Oh, crazy. I'm glad you sorted that out. Like that would be everyone's fucking reaction. You know, (laughs) dope. Um, but, you know, how, how wonderful would that fucking be? And then, the, like I said, that's that's a perfect example of compassion is the best programmer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and he, he's very much involved in his uh, LGBTQ, uh, I guess, club it is at the college. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like a club or what they call it, but, but he's very much involved with them. Um, he does some outreach stuff, and he and he's even told me, he's like, if you ever want to learn more, he goes, he, he told me which building it was in. He's like, it's over in this building. He's like, come say hi, come meet some more people. You know, we have Halo tournaments every Wednesday. You can come, because I'm a big Halo player too. So shout out to your gaming episode. And <laughs> I'm, a big, I'm a big Halo player. And um, and he's like, yeah, come play some Halo tournaments up there. You know, we'd love to have you. Yeah, it, it, it was just, it, it was a good three, three and a half hours that we were chatting about everything under the sun from 
terminology that I used that was either derogatory and I didn't know it to just outdated terms, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was very cool to have that kind of experience and, you know, and I do credit him a lot with um, like that deprogramming that you mentioned, you know, it, it was something that, that needed to happen. And, you know, I hope if there are other people out there that are kind of go through the same thing that they can find their, uh, find their Liam, find their friend that can just debunk all of that, you know, and, and all it was, was having beers at a Buffalo Wild Wings. And again, 90% of the time, that's what it is. It is, you know, a queer person, a trans person who has to do that energy. But one of the best, you know, the best way to pay that forward is to carry that as well. You know, is if you want to be an ally is carry that forward and call out other people's transphobic nonsense when you can. That's the best thing you can do to give to do any kind of giving back. But it, it's hard because it, it's the fucked up thing where it's like the people who are the most effective at deprogramming this bullshit are the people who shouldn't have to put in that fucking emotional energy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sad fact. The the ones who are going to be the best at it and most motivated to do it and have their voices heard the most are the ones who shouldn't have to. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm grateful that he did. And you know, every day I try to, I do try to pay that forward by being an ally. And you know, a lot of it was just seeing, and hearing comments and jokes that were there, transphobic, homophobic, whatever it may be. And yeah. you just, you call it out. You just, you don't give it the time of day. Like you don't, don't put feel on that fire. Don't laugh at it. Just be like, Hey, that's kind of fucked up. You know, try to combat those stereotypes. One, one Facebook comment section at a time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, or start a leftist podcast because it alleviates your white guilt. You sleep great at night. You can but actually have put no real risk involved in anything. I couldn't recommend it more. <laughs> wait, wait, it, it's alleviated your white guilt? God, no. But I was just making sure because... I desperately, desperately wanted to. <laughs> We're trying real hard, okay? The only time I was ever invited to the cookout was via marriage, and one day I wanted it to be for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. It, it's funny you, you say... You're saying being invited to the cookout too. One of my friends, one of my friends who, the one who's in the UFC, he's, you know, he's black. And I actually kind of had a similar ish conversation with him, not as in depth, but he's one of the nicest, kindest guys who would give the shirt off his back to anybody to, to help him out and had a similar thing with him. And, and it wasn't like a shocking revelation, like, Oh, you're a person too. No, it was just <laughs> more of, he, he grew up in a rougher neighborhood and there's a lot of preconceived notions you have about people who grow up in those kinds of areas. And yeah. he and he's able to set that straight and say, no, that's not true. Or, yeah, maybe that's a little bit true, but it's blown out of proportion. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I met a lot of great people since coming up here. And um, I had a friend text me and say, when are you moving back to Arkansas? I said, fucking never. <laughs> why why never. not stay when I want to do that? No, not going back. You know, I, I'm eternally grateful for everybody that I've met up here. Uh, there's been political candidates that I've met up here, some like local, you know, run for state representative, school boards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's progressive groups over here to just kind of sm- more small, disjointed groups. The DSA is over here. Sorry, Chris, but they, they do operate out of Grand Rapids, too. And, um, yeah, I, I got to meet Abdul, uh, Dr. Abdul El Said out of here. So he was a candidate for governor. He is a leftist candidate 
that ran in 2018 came up short, but he does a lot of uh, mm-hmm. healthcare advocate because he he's a medical doctor, so he does a lot of uh, healthcare advocate work. That's that I would say that's kind of the end of the journey, but really the end of the journey is discovering this podcast and slowly getting pulled ever more left with each and every episode. That's the I, plan. Me and Liam. I, Liam's working the gay agenda and I'm working the pinko one. I swear, there's been some episodes where one of you guys will say something. I'll be like, that's a really good point. And then like on my free time, I'll just like look into it or do something and be like, yeah, they had a real point. And I tick a little bit left every every single Monday. That, that's how they got me. <laughs> Honestly, Eric, Ed, I'm I'm still on that same journey. Like yeah. Chris will make some asinine thing that I think at the time I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then I get to thinking about it and and it's makes more and more sense. And you continue to think about yourself. Cause as Matt was saying, like, you know, you you go from being more progressive to being more leftist, or or you go to being more whatever how you want to describe yourself the thing that you really need to do or that people need to do is simply evaluate your own beliefs and understand what those things are and continue to make some sort of progress on that self exploration journey. And if we're not making that self exploration journey, you're, you, you are sitting in one place and you're not doing anything. Yeah, you're dead. You're and not and it is it is more important to to come to some sort of understanding of yourself than it is to do anything else. I think in your life, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a leftist I, is a person who's right. They're just right too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I completely agree. Um, I know I, I alluded to this earlier. Uh, I think it was before the recording. I alluded to a story uh, about a Pentecostal woman. That I think I was going to tell you guys. Oh please. yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, hit us please up. tell us hit, about okay. this. Hit us. Yeah. So we're going to rewind a bit. This is back. I think this was 2010, 2011. So around that time, and I still lived in Arkansas. I was still kind of involved with the church. Um, not to a superhuman degree, but I was still kind of under the influence there in that sphere influence. <laughs> so every October, my old youth pastor, he owned some land. So he owned some land um, way out in the countryside. Um, and it was some land that w- that was uh, both on the Arkansan and the Missouri border. Oh, I've so seen he, this movie. This yeah. sounds like the beginning of a Criminal Minds episode. <laughs> right. uh, well, yeah, or a zombie movie. <laughs> oh, I wish, but uh, I'm, st- um, I'm that, starting to hear a banjos playing. Like, <laughs> yeah, th- there's some Deliverance vibes. Yeah, but I mean, it's way out in the middle of nowhere. And every October, he would have our Fall Fest, and that just because he had a huge plot of land, it's been in his family for generations. So we'd all go out there, have fun, cook out hang out, do whatever. Well, um, at the time I was trying to get with this girl. Um, she was part of a part of our same church group, but she was homeschooled. So it was a homeschooling group associated with our church. And so I only ever saw her during these church get togethers. And I had tried for so long. I was like, man, you know, I really want to go out with her. I want to do this. And her mom or her parents, but mainly her mom were super controlling, super just, over the top. 
And uh, so much so to where she had to turn her phone over every night and she'd review the text. Jesus. So she would what message me. She would message me. Fuck. And then yeah. just delete them. Uh, kind of. But she would message me and discuss what we were talking about. And it, it was stuff totally harmless, right? We're like, we're not sexting, you know, back and forth. And yeah. her mom's finding dick pics. But, you know, and, and her mom was that controlling and she hated me. She, this woman despised me. And the reason was because I was in martial arts. I, I, um, I've always been heavily involved in that community and, and she hated it. She called me barbaric. She said I was this and that. She made every comment to the, under the sun at me. Cause that's so, what everything martial arts is about, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's barbaric. And so, Got it. okay. <laughs> so just bl- endless bloodlust. She, uh, I met her at this fall fest. Like she, she came, she came over there and there is no real like parking space. It's just a part in the property where everybody just puts their cars. I had this old black 99 Mazda protege that I bought for a thousand dollars from a junkyard. So I'm not driving, (laughs) I'm not driving the best car. I pulled over there and I just leave my keys in the car and, uh, you know, they're sitting in the seat and I'm, having fun and do whatever, seeing my friends and we have a hayride. Well, the girl I'm trying to meet goes on the hayride. I mean, of course I got to go on the hayride too. I'd be done you know, to I pass gotta, it up. Satan gets all the credit, but no one weaponizes <laughs> a boner like God. You're yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm telling you. And, and so she, she gets up on the hayride. I get up in there and we're sitting hanging out and we're just driving down these back country roads and we come back and, um, First off, her dad was there too, and uh, they they let open the back gate, and they had to put um, three hay bales down, kind of like stacking them like stairs so you could get out. So they put the uh. hay bales down, and her dad gets out first, and he's holding his arm, if I can kind of describe it, like he's holding his arm horizontally like this, uh, uh. or kind of his elbows mm-hmm. even with his shoulder acting like a guardrail or uh, like a handrail. So people yeah. are getting off, and they're grabbing, they're grabbing his arm, steadily getting off. He gets to me, and this bastard moved his arm. So he, nice. he moves his arm as he gets to me, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I brush it off. I just I, – I don't think anything of it. Uh, no, it and, was total snub. It, right. Mm. And so – No, it was an he, arm. Uh, weren't you listening? Yeah. <laughs> and he uh, – so I get back, and I I realized I uh, – it's getting a little chilly. So I'm like, I need to grab my coat. I'm going to walk out to my car. I go where the cars are. And I don't see it initially. I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe I park somewhere else. This is a big piece of property. Like maybe I'm somewhere else. So I walk to the other end of the property. It's not there either. It's like maybe I'm having one wild fever dream and I don't remember anything. So I'm walking around everywhere. And um, the this lady's, uh, the girl's mom, I don't remember her name. So we'll just say Brenda. That's the- Karen. Yeah. Karen. Go Brenda or Karen. We're, we're Karen. Go with Karen. Go Karen. I don't remember her yep. name. So I walk back and I find my grandma. She's kind of just standing by a fire. And I said, "Hey, have you Wait, seen your grandmother? My my grandmother. Yep. So your grandma like, stole your car. That is fucked. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, so, no. I mentioned I mentioned that that uh, mother's name because I I'd forgotten I'd forgotten her name earlier. So Miss Karen, um, I'm looking for her. I can't find her anywhere. I'm like, okay. So I go and I try to find all these people. I can't find any, find anybody. I find my grandma finally, and I said, hey do you know where my car is? And she goes, and she looked at me very confused. And she goes, 
what are you doing? And I said, I'm looking for my car. I went on the hayride and she goes, I thought you left. And I said, no, she goes, well, your car left. And around, I swear it was right on cue, like divine intervention. My car comes pulling in to this long driveway, parks in the grass and out steps fucking Karen. She gets out of my car and I walked over and I said, what are you doing? And she said, she said, well, I just had to see what kind of music you were into. If that was going to be good enough for my daughter. I said, you fucking stole my car. <laughs> I mean, that kind of overrides the music thing. And, you know, and still today, I've always been big into hip hop. I love rap and hip hop. And so I had a DJ Khaled CD in uh, in there and that was playing. So she's like driving down these Arkansas country roads, blasting DJ Khaled, comes back after stealing my car and then condemns me for the music I listen to. And uh, I said, hey, I'll excuse stealing vehicles, <laughs> but I draw the line at DJ Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking nuts on some people. I swear to here's the right thing name. about this though. Like the logic behind this is like if the goal is to just know what kind of music you have, there's no why logic does, behind this. Well, no, but like why is the why does the why is why there a component the where she needs to, yeah? Why does yeah. the car have to be in motion for this to happen? The keys are there, go in, turn like if this is your goal, just turn it on and listen to the music. Why Matt, are you driving around? Matt, she was led by the Holy Spirit. Clearly, Jesus it doesn't. The wheel. crazy bitch stole your car. No, the Jesus, Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus took the wheel. wheel. The wheel. There you go. <laughs> don't you sometimes don't you wish Jesus would actually take the wheel? Uh, not in that case. He took my car. No, because he didn't speak <laughs> yeah. English. He spoke Sanskrit. He wouldn't be able to read the manual. Yeah. It would be terrible. It would have crashed yeah. into someone. It would have felt really bad no, about no, it. No, no. She probably hey. had insurance. It would have been well, I mean, clearly in this case, Jesus is an asshole who steals cars. <laughs> Man, American I, Jesus does. You know, and, and Jesus takes the wheel in all kinds of places. He he, he steals cars uh, of people who are <laughs> have God boners for their daughter. And uh, sometimes he, he leads us over to the post office. Maybe that's where she wait, went. So maybe I, maybe wait, wait, she hold, was heading over to Jumbo Johnson's mailbag because she knew <laughs> there was quick, something for I'm, Eric there. Hold on. Before that happens, Eric, did yeah. you end up getting with her or not? No. 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 I, I've played this game. You, it is it is one in a million I'm shot. Sorry, it's no. a lottery winning to no. to try to get Christian ass. It doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah, house always wins. I was <laughs> once for him. I was rooting for him, but I was also being a realist. Yeah, true. I'm, I'm rooting for the baby giraffe too, but I know what's happening when the lion comes for it. <laughs> anyway, Matt. Uh, what's in the sack? Yeah. Uh, so coincidentally, what can actually. Find? Well, we got one here, and I think you guys are going to like this because it comes from Eric. Right. Eric. Uh, oh, yes. Fucking uh, so that this is asshole again? I know, yeah. right? Like, the guy won't leave us alone. Talk about boners. Shit. But no, so this is related to the gaming episode. I thought it'd be cool to actually have, since we're having you on to do this here. Respond in but, real time, yeah. 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 Uh, so you had, you had mentioned that you had no idea how we got through the entire gaming episode without mentioning the talk successful that is 2010 COD Modern Warfare lobbies. And I think we did yeah. say Call of Duty, but like, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's none what of us are big first-person shooters. Call of Duty 1 and 2. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But none of us are big first person shooter. Uh, like at least not those kinds. Like we're really into RPGs and things like that. Like I think our big like multiplayer game we've been playing lately has been uh, what Back for Blood. Like I think Back for yeah. Blood. And I don't know. Kevin haven't seen on there in months. He doesn't hang out with us anymore in Back for Blood. No, that's also he true. He doesn't. He doesn't love us. We had a zombie killing team, and no, now the zombies have won. Breaks my heart. Pitiful. I'm going to steal your card if I know Satan has influenced yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say I haven't gotten an invite in months. All right. So just just putting that out there. Sorry. What? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. We should start inviting Matt to play Back for Blood. You should. Uh, but so anyway. We keep so- getting denied. I think we did mention that, but you also were really sweet. You were just like, you know, mentioned that you were catching up on our episode since the break and wanted to let us know that, you know, it was good to have us back. And, you know, you guys were looking forward, you were looking forward to new episodes. And so now that you're here, I just wanted to kind of give you that shout out and say, thanks, man. We really appreciate all the love you've been giving us, uh, not just you, but all the people that are regulars, um, We've, we've got, you know, we've got Mary Kelly out there. We've got you. We've got the North Carolina crew, Basehead Faye, TD Gamer. I mean, you guys have been absolutely amazing. I can't thank you all enough. It's been wonderful having you guys. It's it's, it's what makes this worth it to me. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, we don't get paid for this. Uh, literally, no. the joy is like when we get feedback and people email us. So, like, everyone be like Eric. Like, seriously, shoot us emails. Give us criticism. Yeah. Give us love. Give us something to talk about. We, like, we love getting emails and, tweet, and tweets. Yep. It's absolutely the truth. We don't have advertising because we just, you know, we like doing it. And uh, page long, uh, page long DMs on Instagram from uh, your girl, Mabel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are great. Mabel's (laughs) amazing. I love Mabel. We got to, we got to try to get Mabel on here. We got to get her on here sometime. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got, Matt? Uh, so one other thing, not so much uh, uh, a mailbag, but I do have an announcement I wanted to put out there. So for those of you that don't know this already, Facebook sucks like yes. a yes. lot. Yes, it does. Um, so we actually had an issue. So we de- I, we decided there was I an decided, incident. There was an incident. So I decided there was a sucking. Yeah, let's let's give this a shot. Let's get, let's try Facebook ads. All right. So I decided I put a little cash down for our Facebook page. Wanted to see what would happen. All right. What happened is all we got is right wingers coming under our page to talk shit. That's literally all we got. Like it's true. I think we we got like one actual page. One no, two actual page likes and follows. The rest was just people literally like spewing some most vile hatred. Like we didn't interact with these people. They just saw an ad for our podcast in their feed and decided they needed to talk shit. Right. And one of them. So what you're what you're trying to tell me is that it was a an amazing investment. <laughs> no, it was totally not worth it. I actually ended up canceling the ad. Okay, but one it. of these assholes I'm just sure. uh, called, told us to get the fuck out, you stupid bastard motherfucking commie shitheads. That I was mean, his original. That is, he's that not is even wrong. Reading it verbatim. Yeah, that, that was no, literally that is what he said. That was his original comment. I mean, that's and a good s- secondary name for our podcast, <laughs> right? But, but again, so my res- I like it. So, so my response was: Should you know, we change the the name of the podcast now? Yeah. Okay. Get a new logo, Matt. Yeah, working on it. <laughs> but anyway, so I responded, and my first response was. I basically was not even talking shit. It was just like, do you not understand how Facebook algorithms work? Like if you just ignored this, you'd be fine. But by interacting this, you just told the algorithm that not only do you like our page, but you want more content like it. And he's like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell, I'm just going to block you afterwards. And then then I'll stop. And I'm like, okay. Okay. If that's what you want to do, but you know what? You're dumb. 
Do what you gotta do. And the guy reported me, and because I called him dumb, Facebook decided that I needed to go on a, on a thirty on a set, no three day suspension. Now they didn't suspend the page; they suspended me for posting through the page. Then they, I guess, the guy reported the first comment, and they cited that one as also being bullying, and decided to increase that to thirty days. So Facebook mm-hmm. has decided that cussing us out is not bullying because I reported him too and they took no action. They decided that his comment didn't go against community guidelines. But because I called him dumb, I'm a bully and therefore I needed to get zucked. And so uh, after this happened, I talked to the guys offline about it and we were just kind of like, you know, I don't think we need to like be using Facebook anymore. Disengage, yeah. 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 Uh, So this is how Facebook always is. And if I could share a super quick story, I used to work no. with a guy and he had this giant, he wore this giant bling on his neck and, and he went to Vegas. He told the story. We went to Vegas one time and he got mugged. Like dude just walked up, saw this giant diamond necklace he had, punched him in the face and tried to rip it off his neck, but it was actually quality jewelry and didn't break. So they get into a fist fight in the middle of Las Vegas Boulevard. Right. And the cops come break it up. And they're like, what happened? This dude tried to rob me. The guy said, no, that guy fucking hit me for no reason. The guy totally lied. Right. And it was a point and fingers. And then they pulled out their IDs and that guy was from Vegas. And my friend was from California. They looked at the ID, said, have a nice night, grabbed the other guy, threw him in the squad car and drove off because a, Tourists probably aren't the ones who are mugging people, but even if they were, they didn't care. Californians are their bread and butter. That's who pays the bills out there. And it's the same with Facebook. They're not going to turn on the right. Facebook has become a cesspool of fascist right-wingers and boomers. And for if they're going to go ahead and nail people for quote-unquote bullying so they can say they're doing something about it, but they're never going to be on your side on that one at all. And they're always going to be on this guy's side. And yep. what are most boomers? Right-wingers. Yeah. Well, and that that was kind of part of the conversation is we started looking at it and we realized we're not getting new listeners from Facebook. We no. have very little interaction on the page. What little interaction we do comes from like Eric and and uh, TD Gamer uh, and a few others, but all of them interact with us on uh, Twitter. All of them interact with us um, through Discord or other um, uh, ways, and we've got that's where we've gotten most of our listenership is through Twitter anyway. So uh, it's going to take a while because apparently I can't cancel a page or just close anything down when I'm zucked. All I can do is literally uh, use Facebook Messenger. So until I my my I'm out of Facebook jail, I can't actually shut it down. But what I am going to be doing is once I'm out, is our alt left uh, Facebook and uh, group are going to be shut down. All interactions on social media are going to Twitter uh, because we're done being on Facebook. Like yeah, like Chris it, said, it, Twitter and it, Instagram it, hit us up there. Yeah, it's accessible. Anybody that's used to interacting with us on Facebook, we're out. Uh, we'll probably be gone after it's like I said, it's probably gonna take 30 days, but we're really not going to be using the account anymore. I've already, uh, you're not going to see any more episodes going to our Facebook or anything like that. So, uh, hit us up on Twitter. That's where we're at. Or shoot us an email at the all podcast at gmail.com and, uh, fuck Facebook, fuck Zuckerberg, uh, fuck fascists and fuck right wingers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, except, but yeah. so it's basically fuck you, fuck you, fuck you stuffer. You're cool. Fuck you. We're out. <laughs> Should have just stolen the car. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, that's my uh, rant. So back over to you, Chris. Take us out of well, here. <laughs> so this has been awesome. Um, yeah, we're, dude. Eric, yeah, it was fun being here. This was this was fucking fun as hell, man. This was awesome. You know, we've had some guests on. Where we were like, ah, oh, this <laughs> person doesn't know how to talk, and this, uh, uh. and no, dude, this right? was rad. This was this was yeah. a joy. You fit right in. Um, I'm glad we had you. I'm super glad you're the name that came out of the hat. 
and we will probably hit you up to have you on some other time because this was great. Yeah, absolutely. If I remember any other crazy Pentecostal stories, I will. I will be <laughs> sure to let you and everybody else know. <laughs> Sounds good, man. So thank you again for being here and thank all of you for listening. We love you to pieces. Uh, we will be here again next week, unfortunately, sans Eric. Uh, unless, you know, he kills K through quantum means and takes over the show, in which case, you know, whatever. Good we're luck. Guys. You're, right. we're, You're up we're, for a fight. We're swapping guys with glasses. <laughs> you better learn how to edit, buddy. But uh, until oh, then, we will see you guys next week. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And remember, kids, the revolution is you.